رادیو رومی با من سنم دل 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 یک دل دل یک یک دل Greetings everyone, this is Fatime Keshavarz. I'm delighted to be welcoming you back to Radio Rumi, Program 53. Before we get to Poems of Rumi, which we are going to be talking about today, allow me to thank my team once again. Our technology advisor-in-chief, Janelle Brandon Tillman, and I'm welcoming John, our new tech specialist, John Mullen, and also a warm welcome to our watercolor artist, Parisa Ziai Dionati, who is gifting us her wonderful images to be included with the podcast as you go online to find new episodes. And, of course, a very warm thank you to my producer and dear friend, Sogand Seyrafi. Without her and her energy, these podcasts would have not started. Okay, so what are we going to talk about today? We're going to open with a very foundational question. What is poetry? And why do we need it? Many of us in this new and very complex world, which is highly driven by technology, by mathematics, by complex algorithms and calculations, may ask ourselves, does poetry have a room in this world? And if it does, what is that role? Very often, we may be without intention associating poetry with just emotion, not rationality, not logic, not science, but just emotions. And of course, when we think about that just a little bit, it's very clear that that is not a possibility. That all of these abilities that we do have as human beings and we need to train and nourish them are so interrelated that many, many scientists have been and will continue to be making use of their emotions as many artists and poets will be putting their rationality to great use as they create the form of art that is theirs to create. And sometimes we have a little bit of anxiety. Are we not falling behind from the rest of the world if we are showing attention to poetry, to mysticism, to philosophy, and to other forms of learning and creativity that capitalize on our feelings, on our learning, and on our questions more than anything else. So it may be a good start 
to ask ourselves, what is poetry? Is it just a set of elegant words paired together to express clever meanings? Well, sometimes yes, but many times it is much more than that. And it is sometimes a fun pastime, and why not? It may be a lot more beneficial to use poetry as a fun pastime than some other forms of pastime. So the fact that we may enjoy it should not take away from its weight. Is it an elitist word game? A kind of thing that people do in advanced levels of university courses? Well, a little bit of that is true. But again, that's not all the picture. So, as I said, many of us think that poetry could be fun, although it's a lot more than that, as I'm hoping to be touching on. But beyond those aspects, yes, it could be fun. Here is Rumi, drunk, intoxicated with life around him, with love, with the world, with what he knows of the world, and he's celebrating that there is no self-blame or a sense of being wasteful. On the contrary, he's celebrating it. Chanan mastam, chanan mastam manem rose, ke as chambar borun chastam manem rose. Chanan mastam, chanan mastam manem rose, ke as chambar borun chastam manem rose. And you can get the rhythm as almost a running, dancing rhythm. I'm so drunk, so drunk today. I have been freed of all ties and binds. I'm totally free. And then he finds himself in difficulty trying to describe it any further, so he's very honest about it. Chenon cheesy kedar khater nayoyat chenonastam chenonastam manimruz. That feeling that you cannot easily bring it to your mind and describe it, I'm like that today. And then he gives a metaphor. Bejan ba'asman ishq raftam besurat gerderin pastam manem I have traveled high up there in, in the horizon, in the skies, in the feeling of love. Bejan ba'asman ishq raftam besurat gerderin pastam manem in my soul, I have gone all the way up at the highest point of the sky of love. Although you see me here on earth, down here. Gereftam gusha aglo, goftam agl, borunro, kastovarastam manimros. I grabbed my agl, my limiting rationality that is always warning me not to do what I'd like to do. I grabbed it by the ear and said, today I'm free of you. So listen to the music of it again. Chanan mastam, chanan mastam manem rose, ke az chambar borun jastam manem rose. Chanan cheesy ke dar khater nayayat, chanan astam, chanan astam manem rose. Be jan ba asman ishq raftam, be surat gerderin pastam manem rose. گرفتم گوش عقل و گفتم ای عقل برون رو 
So, having enjoyed this playful acknowledgement of celebrating poetic rhythm, let's think a little more soberly about what poetry could mean to our lives. And please, please remember that none of what is expressed in this program means that I am critical of science or technology. Indeed, I think that those are among the greatest achievements of the human mind and we should celebrate them just as we celebrate poetry. But what is the point of so much progress? What is really the point of that progress? Technological, scientific or in any other way, if we continue to feel lonely, alienated, if we cannot talk to each other, accept each other, support each other, and open our hearts to even people with whom we disagree. And many of us, all of us, always know some people we disagree with. I think this is a very important point for us teachers in particular, as we talk to all those young, bright minds in the classroom, that help our students feel the value of creativity, art, and poetry in the classroom. I emphasize the word feel, because sometimes you might know something more rationally or scientifically, but not feel it. Feeling is experiential, so it's so important for us all to feel the value of poetic creativity and other forms of creativity, of course. The German philosopher Hans Gadamer once said that a work of art is recognized or distinguished by two particular characteristics. One being utterly surprising. All of us have had moments when we have said, oh my God, look at this painting. How could anyone create this? Or listen to a piece of music and say, amazing, how could they create such series of intertwined complex sounds and rhythms? So that is the aspect of surprise. But then he said, at the same time, there is a sense of utter familiarity with that piece of work. It's like you listen to a great line of poem and you think, yeah, that is something I could have said myself. Yeah, this makes sense. This is about life. It's about things I know. So Gadamer tells us that these apparently conflicting ideas are what make a piece of art significant. Utter newness, surprise, or complete familiarity. Listen to this. Rumi uses a very day-to-day voice addressing his friends and companions, pointing them to the fact that in his opinion, the divine is here. It's not somewhere high up there in the sky. It's not somewhere far from us. It's right here. But he doesn't say it that way. He just says, be all eat, be all eat, que gulzar, 
دمیده است بیایید بیایید که دلدار رسیده است Come, come, the orchard has bloomed Come, the beloved has arrived بیارید به یک بار همه جان و جهان را به خوشید سپارید که خوش تیغ کشیده است Bring everything you have together with your soul and your this worldly belongings and spread it before this sunshine that is brightening the whole world. So it's here. It's here in the warmth of the sun. It's here as our beloved. It's here just a simple orchard in bloom. But then he goes further. Baran zesht bekhandid ke unaz namayad. Baran yar begerid ke az yar boridast. چه روز است چه روز است چنین روز قیامت مگر نامه اعمال ز آفاق پریده است have a good laugh at the one who's trying to be hard to catch expecting everyone to go after him or her and cry for that beloved who has allowed separation come in between him or her and their beloved. Cry for them because you should never allow separation take you away from the moment of love, from the presence, from the divine that has filled the whole universe. And then as usual, he takes us to rhythm. Bekubi duhol ha vodegar hich maguid. چه جای دل و عقل است که جان نیز رمیده است Play your drums Play your drums and don't talk anymore The heart, the soul, the rationality They have all run away in this lovely orchard that has bloomed in this beloved's presence Play your music That's the only way to celebrate it or the best way to celebrate it So here is another function of poetry that brings something intangible, difficult to imagine, and gives it to us in the garb of beautiful images that are familiar to us. Now we can think of poetry, of course, also in much more complicated and functional and in some ways, even educational ways. In many ways, poetry is the voice of a human being, or rather, the plea of a human being who needs to hear and make sense of the way the world, animate and inanimate, speaks to him. This is much more complicated to put into words. A human being who feels that he needs to hear and make sense of this speaking world around him that is not always readable, understandable. Did you know that grapes speak to us? It sounds funny, but they do. Certainly, according to Rumi, they do. Not only do grapes speak to us, but they reveal to us one of the most complex philosophical concepts. 
that Sufism is aware of and teaches. The whole world is on the move. In a way, it feels like it's running away from not having something that it wants to have or fear of something it has and wants to do away with. And every species does this differently. And I am speaking with Rumi's words. The whole world is running. In Davidan Asar Jumlaalam midavant Allah Davidan Hariyak Monasebahal Ubashan. The whole world runs. And most of it is because we are afraid of something. But the running of each species is suitable to it. It's good for it. As on Adami no idigar, as on Nabat no idigar, as on Ruh no idigar. The moving, the running of a human being is different. Plants are different. And our soul, its running is very different. Davidan ruh bi nishan Because the running of the soul does not leave any footprints behind. In other words, it is very, very difficult to catch it and to define it. And he knows this is hard to explain, so that's where grapes come in. Qure ra bengar ke chand david ta be savad anguri resid. Look at unripe grapes, how far they run until they finally get to the ripeness, the darker color and the sweetness. Hamin ke shirin shod felhal bedan manzalat berasid. When it was ripened, it got sweet, and it reached its destination. But we did not see the running of the grape towards sweetness. Because all of these different aspects of seeing the world through poetry and with the help of poetry, is not very easy. Again and again, Rumi describes them in his own way. Sometimes in a very matter-of-fact and simple way, he just says, in Speak a new language that is a fresh language, a language that brings a lot of fun meaning to us so that the world would be a new world. Because when you speak about something in a fresh way, then you will begin to see it in a fresh way, and others begin to see it in a fresh way. And this indeed may be one of the reasons why we enjoy listening to Rumi so much, because he takes just a simple, ordinary, familiar point and shows it to us in a totally new way. Continuing with this line, In other words, In other words, Speak 
a new language so the world would be a fresh world, so that it would expand beyond the limits of its current existence, and it could indeed become immeasurable. It could go beyond limits. And again, of course, he knows that. For us human beings, it is really hard to speak in a new way or to even listen to people who speak in a new way because it is hard to break out of our habitual understandings, our quote-unquote normal ways of seeing the world. So once again, he goes to that source that is always inspiring him, the divine, and ask that divine force in the world to give us the ability to live in a new world and to see the world in a new way. What does he ask them to give us? Curiosity, bewilderment, an imaginoon kind of love, a very overpowering and bewildering love. Why curiosity? Why bewilderment? Because if you're not bewildered, if you're not curious, if you're not perplexed, you may not ask a question. You may not run after finding new meanings. Give us the right feeling and perplexity. Oh, the giver of all feelings, who is himself or herself not in need of one. Oh, you who turn us into Leila and Majnoon without a tool. just with your presence. خارم ز تو گل گشته اجزا همه کل گشته هم اول ما رحمت هم آخر ما رحمت So here he is trying to show us again new things. My thorns, the thorns in my life have turned into flowers. The small pieces of the world have come together to show me how amazing and how enormous the whole is. The beginning is mercy and the end is mercy too. Then he turns to us, his readers, در خار ببین گل را بیرون همه کس بیند در جوز ببین کل را این باشد اهلیت It's again all about seeing. Look at a thorn and see a flower in it. The flowers are seen by everyone. But you see the one that exists potentially within something else that does not look like a flower, even a thorn. Look at a small piece of the world and imagine the amazing nature of the whole. در قوره ببین میرا در نیست ببین شیرا ای یوسف در چه بین شاهنشهی و ملکت Look at grapes and see the wine that will be made of them O Joseph who fell into a well because of the enmity of your brothers see the end of your story where you are rescued from the well, sold to an Egyptian merchant, and then you go to Egypt and become a very important person. This is, of course, a story that the majority of 
Rumi readers are familiar with because it does have a Quranic version and also has been told in multiple other formats. And here is an amazing verse. I really can't use any other word but amazing about this particular line. کف می زن و زن می دان تو منشه هر بانگی که این بانگ دو کف نبود بی فرقت و بی وصلت Clap your hands and be aware that the clapping of your hands are the source of the sound that has been produced که این بانگ دو کف نبود بی فرقت و بی وصلت But also be aware that this music of clapping, the rhythm, is impossible if your hands don't come together and then get separated and then come back together. In other words, you have to live with separation because there is never, ever flowers without thorns, togetherness without separation, enjoyment and merrymaking without sadness or difficulty. So see the music that is created because of this apparently contradicting and harsh difference between the two. Poetry has also served as a teacher, a teacher of life lessons, social values, ethical values, but not in a superior, patronizing, pontificating tone, not as policing other people, but rather in light-hearted, humorous, and generous manner, which poetry is able to do. I am hoping to bring you that kind of poetry as occasions arise, particularly by poems of Sadi of Shiraz, who was a master of both these forms, humor and ethical advice. And I'm sure it would be fun to share Sadi together sometimes in these podcasts. But now I want to take you to Shiraz again at the end of this episode and to the poetry of Sadi, not to discuss ethical lessons, but about an occasion, a very important occasion, where poetry did something vital, really crucial, and that was helping me connect with my mother. It was a number of years ago. I'd gone to Iran to take care of my mother, who had had a stroke following the passing of my father. It was not surprising. They had lived together for 55 years, and so the tie that connected them was so strong that when my father passed, my mother had a stroke. She went in and out of, she went in and out of what seemed like a semi-coma, despite all the medical care she received. I was desperate to connect with her. I had traveled thousands of miles from America in the hope of being with her and could not let her go without knowing that I had come to be with her. One quiet, sad afternoon, I was alone with her. The nurse was on leave. The whole world seemed to have abandoned us. She had always wanted me to come home. And now that I was there, she was miles away. 
even the leafy orange trees and the golden oranges left on them could not brighten the sad afternoon. I sat by her bed and stroked her hair for hours. Mom, see, I'm here. That day, I suddenly remembered Sadie. His name went through me like an electric wave. Why hadn't I thought of him before? Not only did my mother like his poetry, I knew exactly which ghazals she liked. We used to play a game of reciting short poems to each other, and there were specific ghazals that she would be always reciting. So I ran to the bookcases, and I grabbed the book of Sadie's poems. I planted myself by her bed and said, do you want me to read some poetry? And she was not responsive. I opened the book next to her and started reading. After a while, I noticed that her breathing got deeper and deeper and at times turned into a sigh. I felt she knew. I felt she was listening. I got braver and I started reading more and more. Ecstatic with love, someday I'll find my way to those lovely girls. Of your sweet lips alone, I will tell a hundred savory tales. Do you wish to be unkind? Here, I have only one life, consider it yours. Or if you want me to stay, I'll spread it like a carpet beneath your feet. Gufti begamam benshin ya asar jan barkhiz. Farman baramat jana benshinamu barkhizam. You say, sit in sorrow till the end of your days, or rise and give yourself to love. Whatever you say, my dear, I'll sit and rise and sit and rise. Then something really strange and unusual happened. My mother's lips began to move. My first thoughts were, I got carried away and tired her. I read too much. Maybe she wants me to stop. Her voice was too weak and she insisted on saying it. So I bent over her bed and asked her to repeat again many times and I listened closely and I heard her say, no one says it as beautifully as he does, do they? She was commenting on Sadie's poetry. I couldn't believe my ears. I said, no, they don't. You're right, they don't. I kissed her pale forehead and tears rolled down my face. She knew I was there. After all, what was a stroke to keep Sadie away? That was the beginning of making other connections, other exchanges. She never recovered from that fully, but 
I was grateful that she was happy with me being there. She knew that I was there, and that meant so much to both of us. On that note, I am going to end this episode and look forward to speaking with you very soon. Again, goodbye.